This is the Everybody's Talking at Once podcast for August 18th, 2020. Welcome to the Everybody's Talking at Once podcast. My name is Drew Messenger Michaels. I'm very glad you're here. So today I'm talking to Warren Arnold of Jackbox Games. Uh, You are probably familiar with the Jackbox Party Packs, at least by reputation. We talk a whole bunch about how those get made, Warren's particular role as writer and sometime director. Uh, it's, It's good stuff. We do talk a fair bit about the specifics of specific Jackbox games, so expect to do a little Googling if you haven't played all the Party Packs. We don't spend too much time describing each one because there are just so many to talk about. Uh, But I think it's all relatively self-explanatory. It's good stuff. I did, I should mention, record this interview a few days before the Alana Scary interview that uh, became uh, the last episode just because Party Pack 7 isn't out yet. Ghost of Tsushima was a bit more timely. Uh, I don't think... It really hurts the talk. There are just a few moments where, this being 2020, us having talked a few weeks ago makes us sound like we were talking a few decades ago. Um, I, for example, talk about uh, non-traditional battle royales, and my go-to example is Tetris 99, not Fall Guys, because Fall Guys had not become a phenomenon yet. Little things like that. Any sort of ongoing story that we talk about uh, that has moved since then, like the truly bizarre stuff with the U.S. Army esports team, uh, I've uh, put some updated links to in the show notes. Uh, I think that's all there is to say other than enjoy. Well, thank you, thank you for going through all that rigmarole. I know this is oh, like no, not—it's no. not part of your job. Like you know, when when people, when when, uh, when sound people, when composers or whoever or sound designers show up, I'm like, I, you know, there's an expectation they have a good mic set up, but there's no yeah. reason you would. So thanks for going through all that nonsense. Well, I, I do enough of this stuff. The problem is, I'll do something for a game, and then I'll take five or six months off from doing anything audio related. To it. And <laughs> sure. it's like, uh what? A, what were those settings again? <laughs> you're, you're credited for additional voices for I want to say Party Pack Five, so it's like you're. I know you, I know you're right, not yeah. you're not completely new to this world, but I assume you're not usually doing that at home on your own your own computer. That's the thing. Well, I have my computer from work. I brought home, uh, but most of the time, if something even slightly goes wrong, I used to sit next to like all the audio guys, and I would just like stick my head out and be like. Someone come fix this, please. <laughs> and I imagine, I mean, we'll talk about this, but I imagine there's still some like old school Jellyvision folks who have like, like that, that DIY ethos where they've been, they've been making audio recordings work with whatever happens to be around since forever. Right. Oh, exactly. Right. Yeah. Like Andy Pola and Brian Chard, they're both like, you know, OG guys from way back in the days. Like, yeah, they can make anything sound great. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, this is an in, this is because this has been in medias res a little bit because we've mentioned party packs, we've mentioned Jellyvision. Let's for the for the folks who don't know what the hell we're talking about. Let's start in the simplest place possible and branch out. Uh, for folks who don't know, or, or more likely, I think, if you're on the internet who are like dimly aware, what are the Jackbox party packs? Uh, they are a collection of five party games. You can purchase uh, all of them now. Uh, seven will be coming out soon. That are intended to bring everyone together. You play like a social game. Use your phone as a controller, which is our big selling point. So let's say like you want to have some people over and play. Most video games, you have to have like a second PlayStation controller or a Wii controller, whatever it may be. With this, your phone is your controller. That's your input. That's your access to the game. Uh, yeah, and they're just like, 
fun, silly party games that are usually from some dumb idea we had around the office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So like, so like each pack contains five. There have been six packs of yes. five each so far, and and party pack number seven is now on the horizon. Yes, it's uh, it is coming in hot. <laughs> <laughs> it sure sounds like it. It sure looks yep. good. We are neck deep in wrapping this thing up before uh so we can get it out for submission so it's yeah it's pretty much all i think about from the second i wake up in the morning till i close my eyes at night right now so <laughs> well thank you for taking the time to to think about it but in a different way i guess is what we're doing oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so like your your role we mentioned jellyvision you joined jackbox before it was properly jackbox right for yes. those who don't know jackbox emerged from an older company called jellyvision that made uh made a bunch of games uh and and yep. non-game gameoid things and interactive you know menus and all kinds of crazy <laughs> stuff but was probably best known at least to me as someone who grew up in the 90s for the you don't know jack games yes and uh correct me if i'm wrong you joined the team for the facebook version of you don't know jack back That's when that correct. was happening as a, as a writer yeah yeah, I came on uh, early 2012, I think like January uh, for the Facebook game. Yeah, and that launched yeah, yeah. in like April of that year, something like that. Yeah, that iteration of Jack kind of became uh, the uh, the one that was just called You Don't Know Jack. They came out in what, like 2011 for the 360 and the, the PS3 and stuff, which yeah. may still be the best You Don't Know Jack. It's like infuriatingly unavailable because of the whole uh, THQ implosion. <laughs> but, yeah, it, but it's a great. Yeah, it's great. I was able to get my hands on a copy before getting this job because it was one of those things where they're like, oh, we're having applications open. So I purchased like every <laughs> you know Jack I could get my hands on, <laughs> including there was a version on the iPhone, which is very similar to that 2011 version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, another so, yeah. party pack game started on the iPhone too, right? Licewater was was initial, initially an iOS app. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, then you... We... Yeah, go, oh, for go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just, just going to say, the, yeah. The, we la were... the lag is infuriating, so please don't, don't <laughs> feel free to talk over me. No worries. I'll, I'll cut it off later and make it sound like everything was perfect. And maybe I'll even leave this part in so people know that's what I'm doing and appreciate the artisanal love and care that goes into this thing. But please continue. <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah, that during that time, yeah, we were still Jellyvision. We branched, I believe, in 2014. Uh, I was a contract writer at the time, so I would work for Jack for a while, then I would go off and do other things, then I'd come back for like another six months. Uh, yeah, and at that time we were still trying to figure out how to make gaming work on Facebook, and then, like you're saying, like our transition then was to try some apps like Lifewater, uh, Clone Booth. I don't know if you ever tried that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I remember yeah. Clone Booth. So yeah, that just wasn't quite you know clicking for us yet. And then then we spun off, became Jackbox, and then uh, yeah, things like Fibbage started to happen, Drawful, things like that. So. Yeah, we haven't we haven't said that like there there are five games in each pack and there is sort of like um I don't think there are hard rules about I mean maybe you you tell me you you tell me I don't perceive hard rules about what kind of games go into each one but sort of informally there's usually some kind of trivia game some kind of word game some kind of drawing game uh some kind of like social manipulation read the room kind of game and then something just completely crazy that that you wouldn't even think should be possible with the controller setup you're daily working with like <laughs> like zeeple dome or something right yeah um, yeah is that sort of how you think of it internally or, or am i am i completely off in what the lanes are yes and no uh when we uh we so we have like mike builder evan jacover allard laban and uh andy Pollan are kind of like what we call our elders and they green light the games and in their head they're always trying to like balance the games but there's they're never saying like we must have a trivia game we must have this this it's like so save someone comes up with a trivia game like when trivia murder party uh came about it's like well we probably won't do another trivia game 
except for the fact that gaspionage came along and is kind of trivia, but it's different. <laughs> so they're open to anything. They just want to make sure the games don't overlap on each other too much. So if something's good and maybe it's like the DNA is too close, it's like, well, then maybe that will come back next year or something like that. Like sure, we wouldn't sure. put two quiplash type games in the same pack necessarily, or two yeah. really similar drawing games. But when we go to like invent the games, it's really just like I have an idea, like maybe a, a moment in the room I want to create, and you don't really get caught up in what has to be a trivia game. It has to be this type of drawing game. You just kind of let the the game blossom and then just hope it clicks, you know, with the with the company and stuff like that. So yeah, and and people do not necessarily stick with the game throughout its life. Like the person who pitches it may will probably stick with it in some sense, but may not be the one who directs it. Exactly. That, yeah. 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 Because uh, I directed Patently Stupid, which was a game uh, pitch and concept, like fleshed out by Dave Ennis, uh, one of our great artists, who um, pretty much had it fully de- developed and gave it to me just to kind of like take across the finish line as a director. I I hate to like diminish what I did on the game, but it was like it was <laughs> it was one of those things like yeah, this you've pretty well thought it through. So, <laughs> so let's just uh let's just make it happen then. Yeah. <laughs> Director is one of those like incredibly ambiguous words in any context, but I think it yeah. maybe especially in games because it could mean, you know, this is your creative vision and you're marshalling all of the creative energies of all these people from different disciplines or it could like like this again, this is not to diminish what you did on that game at all and by yeah, the way, yeah. patently stupid fucking rules, but it's that's not sub- <laughs> that's not substantive praise, but it's sincere praise. Um oh, thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean like when the pieces are falling into place, it can be more of just like a project management thing in a certain sense right just making sure everyone is doing their best work exactly and i was a brand new director on that game too and like uh, dave ennis and uh and pascal our engineer was like they're old hands at this and they were pretty much like well <laughs> we've got our end covered so <laughs> we know what we're doing you just let us know how it needs to look and flow and and we just really worked well as a trio on that game so like they helped me kind of get used to being a director because i'd always been a writer before which is i only lived in the editorial world so yeah, that's one nice thing about our company too. Like, it's no one's really stuck out on a branch by themselves. Like, it's everyone carries, you know, while you may have a job title, you've got your fingers and all sorts of things. So, um, that's kind of a that's a weird way to say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were going to say like fingers and pies or like, uh, or, or, yeah, then, yeah, then let's you, go with yeah. that. Let's go with yeah. that. <laughs> Yeah, thank you for bailing me out on that one. Yeah. <laughs> we just got our fingers in all sorts of things. Right? Yeah, I mean, that's it. That's all we do. That's I, feel, I do feel like that would require a follow-up question or sex. But yeah, no, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It's, it's not even, um, I mean, like Valve very famously has this thing where like everyone has to have a, a soft skill and a hard skill, right? Everyone has to, you know, like, yeah. for example, you're a coder and you're a writer or something, right? Or like um, maybe the yeah, example yeah. is like Eric Walpaw and the other writers, like they, they, would, they would not just like write the jokes for Portal 2. They would actually like script in the exact timing of them right it's yeah, not as exactly. formalized as that but the idea that when it's all hands on deck when you're head down like you kind of are right now people have multiple things to contribute to the project yeah you just you really need to have your eye, well, i mean we're a smaller company you really need to have your eye on the big picture at all times where it's like if you're just got your head down working on this one little thing it's 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 fine that's great but like you kind of know how it flows into everything else um you know it just helps everyone else so someone's not working crazy hours to get something done so <laughs> yeah for sure you um so again correct me if i'm wrong here but like your your background is is uh writing and specifically comedy right you come out of ucb is that is uh, that a, a vicious rumor or is that true <laughs> that is a terrible rumor no uh, all my stuff was uh here in chicago uh mostly second city 
uh, okay. training and shows, and then the annoyance to some extent as well. Gotcha. So, cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, um, I spent 10 years in Chicago, so the Chicago comedy scene is, is near and dear to my heart. Um, oh, gotcha. Yeah. I feel like it's a specific kind of comedy. Maybe you feel differently, but I just feel like in, in ethos, it's a bit different than, than, you know, like you can always tell someone who did comedy in Chicago. Is that a weird thing to say? I mean, like everyone's aware that Stephen Colbert has something weird and specific about his technique and like, yeah, that might just be Chicago <laughs> in a certain sense. Yeah. I feel like Chicago is just, it's hard for me to say too, because the only other places I've performed, I was uh, in St. Louis for a long time as well. So I was doing uh, comedy there as well. And it's, it is much different because it's a smaller city. But I never did comedy in, say, in L.A. or New York. Um, mm-hmm. So Chicago just has like such a, I don't know, anything can just kind of go up and be a show here. So it's nice. <laughs> like, for better yeah. or worse. Like, there's, I just remember seeing some really great shows that you would just be like, wow, that's that's a really crazy concept. Though. <laughs> like, I, I'm glad I'm watching it right now, but this would never really fly anywhere else i, I feel think. like that's true for every medium in chicago there's like art shows that happen there that wouldn't happen other places my wife's in theater yeah. and like chicago oh, okay. you know new productions of musicals in chicago have the potential for being like things that that could be the next big thing on broadway or yeah. could never see the light of day i mean like you know we saw sting's shrimp boat musical while we were still in chicago <laughs> and like that was that was a unique experience sure i'm you know? sure yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'm familiar with that. Is that <laughs> it's called The Last Ship and I'm not making this up. It's oh, uh no. yeah. <laughs> just I don't know. This just, just the title alone, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like a lot of chunky sweaters and sting music. It's you know, it's <laughs> I hope that was on like the marquee outside. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it was visually, but yeah. yeah. I mean like I don't know that I can recommend it, but it's you know, it's it was a unique experience. I mean that, that's yeah. your point, right? Like there's this sense of um wild experimentation that things don't have to be legit. Like we can just like see what sticks. You know, Absolutely. and that's yeah. that's I think that's the right spirit to be. I mean, it's certainly the right spirit to transition to something like like what Jackbox does now, where it is just like this crazy flood of creativity and like the the fact that you can realize basically five projects on what like a like an annual basis is really yeah. fucking cool, and that's that's the dream for a lot of indie teams that get mired in, you know, um, you know, for, for not not that it's their own fault, right? It can just be like commercial demands or the scope of the idea, but get stuck doing the same thing for years and years. Well, the yeah. quick iteration yeah. at Jackbox seems like it would it would sort of flow naturally from from a you know a comedy background and specifically a Chicago comedy background. Yeah, because I would say a lot of a lot of the time, maybe I already kind of hinted at this, is we kind of just try to go for what we want people to feel in the room when you're playing it. So it's kind of mm-hmm. the same thing of like if you're working on a joke or you're working on a sketch or whatever. It's like, well, I want this moment to land. How do I get? How do I support that moment? So with something like say a drawful, uh, while I wasn't part of like the development of that, it's like it's just letting people just write crazy stuff and look at a crazy picture and just be like, what the hell is happening right now? <laughs> but not in a way where you feel just like thrown out in the wild, you know? So sure. that's, yeah, it's just, well, so like uh, last year um, we did push the button, uh, which it, I had pitched for party pack four, but it just wasn't quite complete yet. And the whole time, what we wanted was that moment of like, as an alien, I, feeling like I'm, I'm almost about to get away with this. I'm so close. I'm so close. I'm so close. Yeah, I did it. Or if you're a human to be like, I know Todd is an alien. I'm going to get him. I'm good. Yeah. 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 And it's like, and when you, I don't know. And there's like, now there's multiple moments that can play out, whether it's like, well, we weren't even close or we almost had it, or I had it right. You got it wrong sort of thing. So trying to find those moments and really just say like, okay, everything we do has to feed in to those feelings. If it's not doing that, then it's probably not a vital like mechanism or 
something else like yeah so it's, if yeah, it's not yeah, supporting that, that yeah that's maybe maybe even more than the idea that there's like a trivia lane and a drawing lane there's a there's different there's different emotional lanes for each slot mm-hmm. in a party pack right we're like Absolutely. some of them are collaborative word games and some of them are uh, what's what's that great alec mir quote I've, I've said it before on the podcast about how like you can always judge a tabletop game by how often it makes you say oh you bastard right like <laughs> there's there's usually an oh you bastard game uh, exactly in, in, in yeah. each Jackbox pack and like that's you know that's for sure push the button or like or, or, or faking it you know faking it yeah um, yeah I, I feel like push the button I think you've said this that push the button is sort of like not a not a soft sequel but like a like a spiritual successor to faking it yeah. it's in that same tradition it, it absolutely came out of that uh, because faking it uh, party pack three I was writing a lot for that and I just I just really enjoyed writing the prompts and just it was one of those things I remember writing stuff and being like I really wish I could be in the room like when a lot of people play some of these prompts and doing things like TwitchCon, you can see them play out and just you can almost have like a devilish like glee when you're putting them in. And then I was as I was doing that, I, was like, I just want to like, kind of keep that style of game going because um, uh, faking it was something like Arnie Neekamp came up with. And I was just like, ah, I just enjoy this. What else can we do in this uh, sandbox? And so then, like I said, I pitched it for the next pack. It just wasn't quite there yet because a lot of it was like faking it plus drawing. And I just wasn't, <laughs> right, right. I just wasn't enough to like separate it out. It was still mired down in some faking it, but without things that solved problems. So yeah, like yeah. it used to be so easy for the aliens, like, and maybe people would say it still is, but it used to be like humans never even had a chance in the original versions I was pitching. And it was really hard. And the second you would tweak something like, okay, well, humans find you out immediately. <laughs> So it was like really hard yeah. to balance that. Yeah. In general, would you say that when there is kind of um, asymmetrical competition in, in these games, the goal is to make it pretty much balanced? Or do you like I feel like when I play push the button, you know, I totally believe you that it was way more balanced in the aliens favor initially, mm-hmm. but it still doesn't feel completely fair. And I mean, that as a good, thing, <laughs> you know, because because complete yeah. fairness is super boring. Like, that's what that's why hot take chess sucks. You know, um, yeah. I don't know if I don't know if you remember Zach Gage, the indie developer who made really bad chess, where all the pieces are randomized on both sides every time, and it's a you know um, it's it's bullshit, but it's a much better game. Um, yeah, yeah. So like, do do is the goal balance? Because I mean, like, some people do compete at these games on Twitch like they're esports, or do you sort of embrace because because you can iterate so quickly, do you embrace the the chaotic nature and the fact that different ones might be balanced in different ways a bit more? I, I guess like for balance, I. I don't want like a straight 50 50 split. I, <laughs> sure. I, I, I mean, and maybe that's been not balanced if it's not 50 50, but I think I, where I want it is somewhere like a aliens win, like uh, 65, 35 sort of thing, because mm-hmm. I do want to be special. I do want you to be stressed out while you're playing it, but I don't want you to feel like it's impossible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, right. 90, 10 would be the wrong balance. You would have, exactly, you would have screwed up in yeah. that case. Yeah. Because we play tested this so much uh, last year, because we would just every day at noon we had lunch brought in, so many people would like uh, come in and play it. What we found was working well in the office was, especially with like three aliens, we got two. We know for sure we have to find that last one. And even when they say they thought it might be someone and they still didn't get it right, but they were close, it still felt somewhat fulfilling. Um, so we we were kind of good with that i mean and i i feel like as people have developed their own strategies for playing those numbers have kind of come back as i watch more on like twitch and stuff i feel like humans do a lot better now than what they did say you know a year ago something like that 
Sure, sure. Yeah, the, the meta develops or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. Did you did you direct push the button or did you just pitch it and then carry? I directed you know? it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 Um. So then, so then, your third directorial credit is going to be in Party Pack Seven. That would be Quiplash Three. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I think uh, you said when you meet someone who doesn't remember the nineties, the the, fir- <laughs> the first thing you would do to explain uh, Jackbox would would not be you don't know Jack, but would be Quiplash One One and Two. Yeah. Yeah, that that's what's so funny. Like, I feel like if you talk to longtime fans, like if I say, like, "Oh, you know, we, you know, we're the company that does Quiplash," like, "Well, you do, you know, Jack." <laughs> They're quick to remind you, but like, yeah, you're right. Someone who didn't play those titles will be like, "Oh, yeah, you're the company that makes Quiplash." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I mean, like, there ha- there have been two you don't know Jack entries in the party packs, but yes. one was kind of a continuation of that style from from 2011, but with um, mm-hmm. you know, like a like retrofitted to the new controller setup in a way that I think works, but is definitely like very slight sense of round peg square hole. And then yeah. you know, in, in, in volume five, there's the weird, you know, binge pipe based version that like disappears <laughs> completely into its own meta. And in, in a way that I, again, I think works, but it's like those, those games do not call attention to themselves as like the bread and butter of what the party packs are about in the same way that I think Quiplash kind of does. Yeah. It's also, I feel like Quiplash is such a like low entry points. Like it's just write this funny thing and yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. you get to provide the comedy. Whereas, you know, you don't know, Jack is like, okay, we're going to present this thing to you, which, you know, requires you to, you know, give it some thought. There's a lot of pressure. <laughs> you know, well, that and also time, yeah. like it, it requires so much, so much writing, right? I mean, like um, oh, and, vo- so much, and voice yeah. acting and all of that. I mean, this, this was always the joke with, you don't know, Jack among designers that, you know, there's, there's the, the conventional wisdom is you put the money where players are going to see it right on the critical path. You don't know, yeah. Jack is fundamentally about putting a ton of money where no one will see it probably. Right. Cause every, you know, every wrong answer has some kind of reply and often they're <laughs> bespoke. And like, there's, there's just like such a crazy amount of writing. Quiplash is in some ways, the other extreme right you are you are sort of just providing prompts and a space for people to be creative exactly yeah we just we're kind of walking you down a path and then letting you go and you finish it off <laughs> yeah no totally like and if you don't yeah, if you yeah. don't know jack is a 10 and quiplash is a one or whatever like you know there are games in the party packs that are you know close to a five on that number line like fibbage or, or, or something yeah, yeah 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 and with jack like you're saying it's like there's just so much under the hood it's it's crazy and, the, the and last... I love that about it, but every game can't be that if you're going to make as many oh, games as you make. I I didn't really have much to do with the latest Jack because I was busy directing. I guess I'd been patently stupid, um, so I wasn't able to contribute as much. But it's just uh, it was Arnie Meekamp and Ryan DeGiorgi working on it, and who are like two of the biggest Jack fans you'll ever meet. And it's like they just had to put so much of themselves into that game, and so did everybody in the street. It just it required every department to really. Like just commit so much energy to get that, you know, to the to the level you want it to be. Like that's the that's the thing. People have expectations of Jack that you have to meet. Like, yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 again, maybe this is just me being a being a big nerd in the nineties and whatever. <laughs> but like, I got really excited when there was another Jack entry in there. Like to me, it does carry flagship expectations, and I, I find it totally interesting that that a lot of the people who most ardently and most passionately uh play the the party packs don't really feel that way at all not that they don't like jack but it's not the thing that they're it's not what they're seeking out it's not what they know you guys for in the same way that it is for me who you know i like i I played uh i I remember playing the net show with my parents when the internet was new and like i remember like there there were the little flash commercials and they were like oh it's just a shame it can only be this and i was like well it'll be full video eventually and they said that's impossible how would the internet do that right (laughs) like kind of growing up and seeing technology grow up with you don't know jack is probably 
like I was born in the mid eighties, right? Like for, for people okay. about my age, that's definitely a thing for people who, yeah. for people who are coming of age in the, in the, in the Twitch zone for lack of a less stupid term, <laughs> it's totally about like, there's something very appropriate about the, the stuff that's more about community creativity. Like, you know, those are, those are the games that play really well at conventions, you know, like in, in the before time, right, right before the before oh, time God. ended at PAX yeah. East, you know, like I remember, you know, a bunch of people playing, playing Jackbox games on a big screen, just sitting in a convention hall, you know, like they lend, they tend, they lend themselves to that really, really well. And that's like the best case scenario for like our games. It's so great to watch like, you know, several hundred people, like see a prompt come up, laugh at it, vote on it, things like that. It's just, I don't know. Those moments were always so like gratifying for us as developers, like, especially because we are like, you know, a lot of us comedians and stuff like that. All we want is attention. So. <laughs> <laughs> sure. No, yeah, I mean, yeah. and like that, that sense of scale is something that I feel like, um, I feel like games have been seeking in multiplayer. This is why people love battle royales and like, you know, yes, other things yeah, like yeah. Tetris 99 that involve battle royale mechanics and other kinds of games. Cause like there's, there's a sense in which Lyswater can scale basically infinitely in a yeah, way that yeah. like, you know, smash brothers or call of duty can't, you can only fit so many people on a map before it becomes nonsense. You know? Well, one thing that was great about the, you know, Jack Facebook too, was we had the asynchronous play where, like yeah, you could play yeah. the episode and then I, I always liked that as well, where it still felt somehow like you were playing against someone who wasn't in the room. That was very brilliant. That was, they came up with that before I joined on. And I remember seeing that and be like, that's pretty great. <laughs> I loved that aspect of it. Yeah. And that's like, that was something cribbed from, uh, I'll just say it less interesting trivia games online where like <laughs> you're competing for score and things like that, but it was yeah, really, really yeah. well handled. And, and as per, as per usual for the Jellyvision slash Jackbox folks just presented in a way that made you feel like you were like interacting with a person, right? Yeah. Whether it's sort of like the the high effort <laughs> amount of writing, like with you don't know Jack, or the sort of lighter touch, I feel like that is one of the things that you guys excel at is is the feeling that like the host is there, right? And I think I think um yeah, I saw, you did another interview a while ago where you were explaining that that push the button had sort of a more elaborate setup originally. And uh, the interviewer who I won't name because the point is not to call someone out immediately. Go, <laughs> we're like people don't care about the lore, man. Like the oh, idea yeah, that yeah. like the people get impatient with the backstory. Um, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, do, do you think that's true? Oh man, it's it's such a it's a fine line. I feel like once people care about your game, they do. But if you mm. start off with that, like you will lose people in the room so fast because they just want to know how to play. And then why are you wasting their time with this crazy stuff? So if you can get to it quickly or somehow pepper it in along the way, that's the best case scenario, in my opinion. That's a really, like game yeah. First, yeah, that's an incredible point that honestly, even like story heavy RPGs could probably stand to remember, which is that like people yeah. who care about the game care about the lore, but zero people care about your game because of the lore, right? That's, that's exactly. not a yeah, thing. Yeah. 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 With push the button. Um, cause she starts off saying how there's aliens on board, but you have to, you have to say all that. And I'm I know the script was long before, but it was like, I just need to get the basic information out, maybe put in like a very short joke or personality line or something just to like show that it's not just a straightforward game. I think she maybe says something like, yeah, if you could save my life, that'd be great. Or something like that. <laughs> just, just to let you know that that's going to keep happening. And then as it keeps going, I mean, also Dottie ends up going insane through the game. So there's stuff about meeting Willie Nelson and stuff, but I tried to pepper things <laughs> in about like, I don't know, just, just a little bit of the world. And then I've also just kind of left it up to fans. Be like, you know what? If you got an idea for what the lore is, go, go for it. 
<laughs> leaving those blanks. No, totally. Yeah. I mean, I, there yeah. is that thing where um, I think I was I just talked to uh, to Brendan Chung. He made like uh, 30 Flights of Loving and Flotilla mm-hmm. and Adam Zombie Smasher and a, and a bunch of very weird indie games. And he was talking about how the one thing he never wants to do is like say I the creator say you should interpret this scene that way because that yeah. just forecloses on all of the like the frothy fan speculation that is after all part of what fans are, are there for. Yeah, I mean, we uh, every Thursday we have like a Twitch stream uh, from our Jackbox stream, and people submit fan art, and it's just really great to see how people interpret the gray areas we leave, and they mm. just then backfill it with their own imagination, and it's they have such wildly different takes that all work, and we never feel the need to say like, well, no, that one's wrong. <laughs> it's like <laughs> if that's what the game does for you, then that's great. I mean, that's then that's what we mean to you and that's then that's valid so yeah totally so let me ask this then do do, do these games ever start with the theming because i know you said they get play tested on on paper way yeah. more than people might think so does it is it always sort of mechanics first or do you like because they have such specific aesthetics by the time they come out you know fibbage yeah. 3 has this kind of like shag carpeting and stock photography thing going on that's really great and from the teaser it looks like quiplash 3 has almost like a like a stop motion like clay kind of thing <laughs> yep. to, yeah yeah, or, or, clay, yeah yeah or like that's which is amazing and i would love to hear more about that but like <laughs> but maybe just the general question first right does the aesthetic or the theming ever come first or is it always sort of like a mechanical idea that then blossoms into like in what kind of world would this game make sense i want to say that the aesthetic doesn't come first but i'm trying to think back through of the exception that will prove me horribly wrong i mean like Um, tko springs to mind as something that that feels like maybe the idea of t-shirt island came before the the mechanic but i don't know like that's just that's totally from the outside as a player you know i feel like I could be way wrong on this. I feel like I don't know enough about uh, where TKO came from. It was one of those games where um, all of a sudden it popped up and it was like kind of fully fledged almost immediately. And it was oh, like, wow. oh, great. I think that was uh, Arnie's idea. And then Ryan directed it. But it was one of those things where I saw it like early and it was like, well, OK, so this game's pretty much done. Right. But I feel like you figured it out pretty fast. Yeah. <laughs> it's just now a matter of like adding more little avatar creatures and stuff. Like yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. I would say that type of stuff almost always comes you know later um although with push the button like like i said it came from a thing of like i want to just keep doing this this aha gotcha type moment where it was like uh what's the you know worst place to go shopping and you put like you know you know your bathroom or whatever and so for people to go ah you're busted i just want to keep that moment going but i wanted you to be freaking out about a clock and then that immediately made me think of like uh, I think there was like a Twilight Zone of like uh, Roddy McDowell where like they're trapped in a spaceship. They're, they landed on Mars and they're afraid to go out of the spaceship. And I, for some reason that just stuck with me. And I was like, well, that's kind of what I want to be. Like, you have to get out of this ship, but you can't leave until you know it's safe. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm rambling a little bit, but it was something. No, where, no, like, not the, at all. No, no, no. That's that, I. That yeah, that yeah. Par- I love the Twilight Zone, but that parallel totally hadn't occurred to me. So that's no, you're not you're not rambling at all. You're offering in- insights about the thing you made. <laughs> yeah, the, it, originally it was like you've landed. But if you and it's like supposed to be a perfect world, I believe, I think that's what it was you were traveling to like this Gaia planet and an alien is infiltrated. And if you let the alien out, it will it's kind of like, you know, Venom from the Marvel comics. It would like take over everything. <laughs> sure. Invasive, so hyper invasive sure, yeah. species. Yeah. 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 So if you let it out, you're all doomed. Um, and it kind of had to evolve from there. But yeah, that was but that was part of it because I wanted to like. Um, also like the thing where it's like, oh, we have to we have to contain it here. 
but that was yeah i don't think the aesthetics uh too often influence it's got to have a really strong mechanic that makes everyone laugh that's where we almost always start from Mm. I'm, yeah, off the top of my head, I just can't think of anything the aesthetic would have started. Yeah, first, no, totally. So. I mean, obviously, you were not like the main creative voice behind every single game, so the the point the point was not to 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 get to get the gotcha. It was more just like so. In general, it's a very mechanics first yeah. approach. Like it starts yeah, yeah. with the interaction or the feeling, like you said, that's going to make someone want to play that game or or, or Listen, feel I'm something just, specific while playing it. I'm just trying to cover my butt here. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, totally. No, well, it's, it's like it, it's interesting because like um the the Jackbox crew does a lot of really cool stuff. You did a bunch of charity streams. Uh, have done yeah. have done are doing a bunch of charity streams during during quarantine. There's mm-hmm. the weekly Twitch stream you were talking about just in general. But but I like I don't feel like you do a ton of like interviews like this. So by the way, thanks again. But it's oh. like <laughs> the, digging into the the why or the methodology is something that I feel like I've wanted to hear more. about. About, you know and like so if, if i'm asking questions about process again the goal is not to like nail you down or put this on a wiki oh, i'm no, just yeah. i'm just curious right about because i i enjoyed the sausage so i want to know how it gets made <laughs> no no yeah I, trust me i'm more than happy to to waste a lot of people's time going on for hours and hours <laughs> if anything i'll probably like, talk too much yeah, yeah. i don't feel like you can i don't feel like you can direct these things without being a little bit of a nerd about process and i you know i you know i say that with love like i um you know what i mean because if you're not interested in the overall like pipeline then, then that's that that's fine right but that means you're you know you're a writer you're a coder you're an artist you're 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 yeah. doing a discipline you're not directing the game yeah i, I think you're right you have uh, kind of like we said it's like you have to you know really like and or at least like every part of it <laughs> or you better learn to that's a, yeah <laughs> sure sure yeah no you don't have to you don't have to do every part of it as well as the people actually doing those parts yeah. but you have to you have to be interested in every part and, and have an opinion about it I mean, yeah yeah th- that's one thing like we have very talented people all over the place and we're all opinionated about what you know what the game should be most i would say 99 percent of the time we usually agree almost instantly if someone does something awesome it's like yeah that's exactly what we're talking about and even when we don't agree we usually end up in a place that's better than where we started because Mm. everyone has opinions and love for the games and that's i I feel like we never get in arguments to have arguments we haven't get in arguments because someone you know has a very strong opinion or a, a love of something and then usually that blossoms into something else you know or it works with someone else's love and you find something new so that's what's that's a really great place to work in that regard so and you feel like you're small enough that 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 kind of like more organic you know everyone just having the same sensibility process will resolve most of those creative conflicts yeah and also and also where it is possible to, to I, I don't know how to say this not bluntly it, it is it is possible to care about those conflicts you could like every individual person working on it like like their vision does end up in the final thing. Like there's a certain scale at which that's just not the case. But you're saying Jackbox is small enough that that is the case. Yeah, it's it, you. You also it's just you have to be able to you know give and take too because there might be something I, where I'm just like I believe it's this I love this but then I'm open to someone saying like well I think it's this you know partially this or partially that but have you ever thought about it like this and you just have to be willing to let your love evolve. God, I feel like I just wrote a Michael Bolton song. <laughs> it's like Michael Michael Bolton by way of Jeff Vandermeer. Let your love evolve. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah it's there little, you go. Yeah, yeah. That's that's good stuff, though. No, no. I hear what you're saying, though. Like that's an important distinction. It isn't that every person on the team gets everything they want. It's that everyone's yeah. voice is heard toward that like Venn diagram where the center of what everyone wants or thinks would be good is where 
where things end up or where, you know, at least hypothetically. Yeah. Yeah. It's even if what you think the game should be, if, if that's not where it ends up, you, that concern or that, uh, expression of what you love will guide the game in a certain direction it will push it somewhere like if that makes sense yeah no totally totally what you have to let go of is the idea that it'll be exactly what it was in your head when you first thought of it or pitched it what you hang on to is like the love for the core feeling that you're trying to evoke or the core idea because if you're bringing someone else into the creative process if you're doing it in a silo then fine make you know make the game but the second you involve someone else's creativity you have to make sure that that creativity is you know, part of it, like it's, it has to be a a shared thing that you're creating together. And when that's across, you know, many, many people, you have to make sure everyone, you know, cares about the game. So it's all of that has to kind of meld together in a nice little, you know, little little package there no, I, just totally. kind of, I just kind of i just kind of try i'm not really great with metaphors today i want to say that i'm sticking my fingers in the things <laughs> you, you, you come on you coined you coined the phrase let your love evolve which is now yeah, tearing yeah. up tearing up the airwaves so come on uh, if anyone wants to stitch that on a pillow and mail it to me but... <laughs> <laughs> with like the darwin like monkey like but they're but they're holding chocolates or something yeah no no, no. I, hear, I hear what you're saying though and i feel like also like the quick development cycle uh, yeah. means that they're like there isn't time to fall fall out of love with a project i mean I'm, I'm sure i'm sure you guys work very hard that is i was not implying otherwise but it's like <laughs> there is a certain sense in which once you've been working on an idea no matter how passionate you are about it when you've been working on it for years and years there's you know yeah. I, i've talked to people who've been in long development cycles who you know who will confirm this that it's just it's a very different affect i feel like part of what's great about the speed at which jackbox works is that it, it can sort of like it's it's obviously they're much bigger projects than like jam games but they're much smaller projects than than ghost of tsushima i don't know like they're they're not these like enormous sprawling works that you have to stick with forever they can keep a little of that for lack of a better term punk energy right yeah yeah it's you have the idea you're gonna get that idea out within the calendar year and then you'll probably not have to think about it for a while and there's something (laughs) very very nice about that like yeah for sure as you know going back to something like patently stupid or push the button it's like that's just consumes your thoughts for you know several months and then when it's over it's like okay i'm not thinking about that game anytime soon again <laughs> that's why they're so that's one of the things that's so great great about them though is that they are these little pocket dimensions of like fully realized creativity i mean like mm-hmm. i guess that's like textually true in the case of split the room because it is the twilight zone kind of but, uh, <laughs> but but you know what i mean right like they're each one is this little bubble dimension yeah. Of uh, of yeah, just like a a relatively small idea, fully realized. Yeah, this is, it's kind of like going up and doing like a stand up set for well, I guess for four months, <laughs> and then. <laughs> I feel but like Dave, Chappell- when- Dave Chappelle did that one time, right? Oh, that's but, true. Um, yeah, <laughs> but you get your idea out, you get to express it, and then it's like you know wherever you're at, you know, by mid August is just that's the idea. You just live with it. That's it. So. And there's something very liberating about in that. In the comedy yeah. metaphor, it's more like, um, I mean, I, I wish there were a person who were who were less of a piece of shit to use as a touch point. But the, the way Louis C.K. would throw away his entire act after touring it, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. just like really like bring a thing to fruition and then move on to the next thing. You know what? Maybe that's what he did. Maybe he threw away his whole career. To say, <laughs> it was go. the exact same thing, but on a longer time scale yeah, and in a much more go. committed way. Yeah, yeah. You build a career. <laughs> you throw it there's away. Probably, 
There's yeah. probably a better way he could have done that. But, you know, so. <laughs> sure. Well, in fact, next, I know there is, but yeah. When he a, when he builds a completely <laughs> new career, I'm sure he'll throw it away in a much less destructive yeah. fashion. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, <laughs> um, let's come yeah, back to the, yeah. No, sorry, go for it. No, no, no yeah. No, let's we can move on. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I want to. I will be forever plagued by what you were going to say if you don't. Say uh, it, I was so. just going to say, like, as you know from the Chicago comedy scene too, it's like it's we're full of improvisers, and improvisers never like really finish anything. You go up and just like do stuff on stage. Uh, say a bunch of stuff and then you're off of there. You don't ever have to sit down and write and see something through to completion. So that's one thing that's <laughs> nice about this job is like you have to actually sit and think, think on that joke, think on the feelings you're evoking with your audience. And it's, it's, it's a very different energy. Uh, it's not the, <laughs> the lazy improv, you know, type style that you know you get used to. So <laughs> not sure. that improvisers are always lazy, but we just don't do things on a schedule very well sometimes <laughs> sure sure one, one what you don't do is is see something through right like like improv yes. is all about honoring that first impulse you had that was smart and good and connected with an audience or at least one of those three things right exactly like yeah. whereas here it's got to be something that has enough legs to see you through a, a four-month you know or, or year-long development cycle yeah make that instinct now stand up every single time someone uh sees it and that's takes a lot of deep thought about whether that was just in the room and it, like we play test a lot of stuff that like will kill the first time you play it and it just never clicks again. It's like, okay, mm. well, we just, we just had a really good room that time. So you get the weird false positives. Or sometimes you get, it's the, the inverse, like something will just crash and burn. And it's like, well, you know, people just weren't in the mood for that game today. And it's like, so try it multiple times. Don't get discouraged because I didn't click, but it, you still need to think about it critically. But, you know, one data point does not determine a success or failure with a game. Yeah. No, it, it sure it sure shouldn't. It sure shouldn't. Yeah, yeah. It, that's that's a really good way to think of it. Yeah, because like these are meant to, like that's the thing, right? Like like it's not as though once Party Pack Six came out, no one played Party Packs One through Five. These exactly. games these yeah. games are built to last and have lives. It's not true. Get it while it's hot. It's just that there's a there's a fresh batch, you know, much more regularly yeah. than other kinds of games. Yeah, and sometimes with the, like a new pack, like we're even looking at you know older games we're kind of like well we'd like to add something like if it's a sequel it's like okay well what did we learn from the previous one like what can we add to it what are people wanting out of out of a next iteration of it and that's very valuable too like to make sure you listen to what people are saying about your game and not be like well i know what this game is so and just make what you want instead of like listening to what people are are experiencing when they play it well, thank you for the utterly perfect transition. What is different <laughs> about Quiplash Three? What would you say is uh, is the 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 log line or the or the difference or the key thing that's that's getting you up in the morning for this thing that you're currently in the pressure cooker with? <laughs> I, I would say the big thing is like it's a lot of it is that we listened uh, with we had three versions before we had the the regular version or not regular the first version then Quiplash XL which just added basically more content and moved over. Um, I think it just made that added audience. And then Quiplash 2, which, you know, had a different final round, which still didn't quite connect for people. I feel like that's the one thing we always heard was, you know, the final round just kind of, it's it's good, but it sometimes feels, you know, disparate from what you've been doing. Sure. Additionally, it's the one thing we've, you know, really been thinking about for a long time is like, okay, how do we stop someone from coming into your game of Quiplash and ruining it for you by putting something terrible up there? Because you, you know, just can't really control sometimes who pops into these games. So the big thing for Quiplash 3 is like we zeroed in on the final round. And as a director, what I wanted to do was your experience from the time you start to the time you finish. It felt like the same game. It felt like the same ask of you. So if you're 
doing something, you're never going to stop doing that thing. It's just it's going to get increasingly harder. So we looked at the first two rounds, uh, and I, uh, Tom Gottlieb, uh, a.k.a. Cookie Masterson, is editorial director on this. We moved everything into the first round that's more straightforward. So it's like, you know, the worst thing to say on a first date. That would be like a first round prompt just to kind of get you going. And then the second round can be some of the more abstract concepts and like some of the prompts that you sometimes would get in the first round. It's kind of like, oh, this is a big ask right out of the gate. Like (laughs) those are now backloaded into the second round. And then the third round is a new thing we're calling Thriplash, which is just like a normal prompt, except it asks you for three things, Um, Mm. which, yeah, it's one of those things when I was first thinking of it, I was like, well, um, I'm either going to <laughs> think this is a brilliant idea of the month or it's going to be really like just watered down quiplash. But as we've watched people play it, it's like we've really honed in on the comedy rule of threes where it's like you can play it so many different ways. And I've really watched people be creative of how they enter their answers. And it's been one of those things where it's just been really a delight to watch people say, oh, well, this is the way you intended it for it to work. And now at, I get to be creative and bend it these ways and that ways and things. So it's been really exciting to watch people like play around with just doing the rule of three, which is just a hardwired into our brains and how to fill in a prompt or be funny sort of thing. So yeah, totally. No, and that's that's the other aspect. Even the games that are competitive, there is also like a a, a tabletop co-op role play, you know, storytelling together, you know, co-op comedy aspect to so many of the Jackbox games. So leaning into that sounds yeah. stunning. That sounds great. Yeah, it's it's like I said, we've it was really nice to watch to watch people be creative and how they like said, okay, well, you intended it this way, but I also can do it this way because I can write whatever I want. <laughs> and now you've given me you've given me more room, you've given me a different way to reveal my answers. So, yeah, that's the big thing I'm excited for people to play around with is the final round. And then, as I was hinting at before, we're uh, doing moderation, uh, which will allow someone to join the game as a moderator who would see answers before they pop up on screen and say, nope, that's not going in <laughs> and be able to cut that out. So it's like, especially for streamers who, you know, or, or anybody who doesn't want to see something terrible on their screen. I yeah, no, gonna, I, I yeah. mean, I can, I can absolutely imagine a house party once we have those again, where, where someone is happy to play <laughs> moderator. If, you know, if it's, if it's like a bigger event where you don't necessarily yeah. know everyone there that well. Right. But also I, I can imagine, you know, you said you've been listening to people who play the games. I would imagine this is something streamers very much want, right? Because someone, you know, you want to hang out and play games and, and what's brilliant about the party packs as streamed games is unlike if I'm streaming, I mean, I was going to give it a specific example, but virtually any other game, if I'm watching someone stream the party packs, I can play, right? Like assuming there's yeah. there's room in the game, I can just log in and do it. So that's amazing. That's magical. That means that there's like free co-op with streamers, which is super amazing. But it also means that some some wise guy can just say dumb edgelord stuff or, you know, bad actors yeah. can throw a bunch of racist stuff in there or whatever. So having... You know, and like and like automatic content filtering is never a complete solution because they can always find a way around it or, or, or you know, spell it differently or whatever. So That's the idea it, of giving yeah. someone that moderator role, even though it doesn't sound like the absolute most fun way to play the game, it makes the whole thing way better for everyone else involved. Yeah, nothing else. Like, we're just trying to provide tools. Right? So totally, you know, it's like just just putting it out into the world and be like, yeah, have fun. It's like that's not very satisfying for people. And it's like we just want to make sure we're. Like I said, we're listening. We're doing our part to like you know make sure you're not bombarded with 
how awful people can be sometimes. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the thing, right? Like these are games, this one in particular, and like, I guess there are ones that are even further on the number line we were talking about earlier, like WordSpud. WordSpud is maybe the purest, like you make the game. We're just giving you an environment. Quiplash is even, you know, there's prompts. So it's a little bit closer to that other side. But like the idea that you're giving people a space in which to be creative doesn't really relieve the game of its responsibility to push you in a direction that's going to be fun and interesting, right? Like it exactly. isn't, it isn't yeah, just yeah. a big blank room. You're, you're supposed to, in a bunch of ways, get people in a headspace where they want to do stuff that's fun for all involved and actually creative and all of that. So this to me just seems like, like, a, 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 like it feels heavy handed in a certain way, but it's a totally necessary step given the way the world works. If you're going to preserve everything good about the rest of the design, you know? Yeah. 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 I think, you know, what, with Quiplash, like I said, it's like, I think the one thing we've learned too, it's like sometimes you can put what you think is a very innocent type prompt in, but there's a way for, maybe you didn't think of it in another context. And someone's is like, oh, well, you know, <laughs> you just put in the worst thing. <laughs> that totally, was not our totally, intention totally. as when we're writing that joke that was never. So that, I think that's one of the hard parts about writing Quiplash too, is sometimes you have to put your brain in in kind of a terrible mode, but <laughs> what would sure. an awful person <laughs> probably be inclined to write here? Okay. So we're not using that prompt. All right. And it would maybe something very just like simple, but something hateful can come out of it. And it's like, Nope, well, we don't want any part of that. So there's also like the sense in which if I'm playing the Jackbox party packs with friends and family, like it may, it may actually be that the jokes are, are a little edgier than they might be if I were streaming in public. And of I, th- course, I yeah. think that's fine, right? Like the idea that you would, you would tell different jokes to people who you know and trust and, 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 and all of that than you would to a general audience of the internet is to me perfectly reasonable. And so to put, to, to, to create a moderation role for exactly that reason, where different communities, both public and private, and what do those words even mean anymore? But you know what I mean, right? Like well, yeah, at, at different yeah. sizes, at different scales. <laughs> can decide for themselves what is and isn't appropriate in context. Like that's ultimately what the solution has to be, right? Well, that's the thing. Like if you're playing at home and, or you're playing it with other people, like there's just the natural thing of, would you say that in front of somebody? Well, you know, society tends to police itself in that way. It's Depend, like, depends who, right? And, and to be, well, to be totally true. clear, yeah. to be totally clear, that's a healthy impulse, right? Like, it's like when people are like, oh, political correctness is run amok. It's like, well, what's like, what is a definite example of political correctness? It's not, you know, you can't say racial slurs at work. Yeah. That's probably yeah. good, right? Like, that's that's not like an especially yeah, I'm, bad I'm thing. In favor. For, I'm in for favor society. of people not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's probably for the best. Um, so it's like, yeah, like that, that impulse to think twice about what you say is a perfectly healthy impulse. It's just that it it shouldn't be at 11 all the time, right? Like yeah, it sh- the yeah. point is just to think about it and think about what the effects of what you're saying are going to be on the people you're saying it to. So then when you have that anonymity of the internet, which it provides, it's like, okay, well now people are just in the wild, wild west. And it's like, we want to make sure streamers are, you know, just able to control their space a little better and not have to, you know, deal with it. I think the one thing that like, we just want to avoid, it's like if someone plays our game, we don't want someone to be, you know, bummed out because something popped up on there. Like, you know, we're tr- trying to trying to provide a good time. We don't. Yeah. Or even then, like, you know, we've tried to be better about a prompt that like, you know, maybe tends into something problematic. We may not, we may not intend it that way, but you know, kind of like I was saying, it's like, you have to think about it a different way. The last thing I want is for someone to be like, Oh, well, thanks. I just now thought of something bad because 
you know, you wrote a prompt in a certain way, even though it wasn't right, intended right. that way. So yeah, yeah, no, it's exactly. It's like knowing what kind of stream you're watching or participating in, and and just what the expectations are going to be. Yeah, um, yeah. Can I? Can I? If and I, I, if this is like something you're still working on or whatever, I'm happy to cut cut this part out. But the one potential like non-trivial objection to the moderation feature, right, would mm. be. So I don't know if you've been following this, but the U.S. Army and the U.S. Navy have been streaming on Twitch. Oh, really? Um, yeah, they have like then they like they they respond to they subtweet people and say ooh woo and stuff. It's really not it's it's a bad scene. But huh. lately, they've been banning people from the stream for bringing up war crimes. So so like the one non-trivial objection to this feature would be like if like let's let's say there's some hypothetical nightmare future because this is 2020 and all the weirdest shit just does eventually happen. <laughs> let's say the I, U.S. Army is yeah. running a Quiplash 3 stream and the prompt is, you know, a real bad day and someone someone puts the Bay of Pigs in there. Right. Oh, and yeah, they yeah. and they they delete it. Right. Like there's uh there's there is a sense in which. It could be used to hide, you know what I mean? Like, like curating spaces is good because it can prevent things that are going to make people feel bad, but it's, it, yeah. it can also prevent true things that make people feel bad in some contexts, such as that one. Yeah. True. I mean, I guess I'm trying, I'm trying to follow what you're saying there, I guess. Like, are you totally, totally. Well, so like, like the people, let me, yeah, you're right. I'm not saying it well. What I meant is <laughs> pe people use these games in a ton of different ways, you know, as, as yeah. public performance spaces. Um, I guess just have you done any thinking about, about that, about like bad actors being the streamers in the first place? There's obviously nothing you can do to stop someone who says, yeah. well, you know, I'm going to run a Jackbox stream and we're just going to say all the worst shit we can think of. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I guess just the army example popped into my head because that's, that's like moderation is going to be used for good 99% of the time. And yeah, I'm, very I'm, true. I'm, I'm imagining internet reason people, <laughs> you know, the reason, <laughs> reason men with YouTube channels who have pictures of statues or furries as their avatars or whatever are going to say like moderation. That's basically censorship. So I guess just like it, it seemed <sighs> valid to bring up the one non-trivial example of how moderation could not be a good thing <laughs> that that's popped true. into my that's head, true. you know? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. In that situation, like if, yeah, you're saying something, you're talking to someone in power and providing something, uh, I guess, true sort of thing. So. Yeah. This is an edge case. I want to be clear about that. I mean, the real thing is Twitch shouldn't be letting the U.S. Army and the U.S. Navy fucking, you know, use them as a recruitment tool. Use video oh, wow. games. Yeah. Um, That's crazy. It's really, really <laughs> crazy. It's again, this is 2020 and all the all the craziest shit that could happen is currently happening. So it, we shouldn't oh, be too man. surprised, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess my thought with like the moderation um it's I kind of view your channel as that's your space. I mean, I don't know, like you're 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 going through the effort of doing a Twitch channel and cultivating like an environment you want to live in on the internet. And I don't know, I feel like you deserve some bubble. <laughs> we we, yeah, we yeah, all totally. need a little bit of a, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's, I don't know. I'm still trying to get my head around some of the arguments people have where it's like, this could be a free speech tamp. It's like, I don't know if you're saying terrible things to somebody, it's like, I don't know. No, I mean, that's the thing, right? Yeah, like yeah. I, I, I brought up what is probably the steel, the steel man version of the argument. And I had to go really niche to come up with it. Right. So like that, and, I, and I, I super didn't mean to take us down a weird rabbit hole. It was no, just no, on no, my no, mind. No. Right. Cause like there are, I mean, that, that's the difference, right? Like the difference you, you nailed it. You hit, you hit the nail on the head, which is that like, if it's someone with power in this case, like, like very straightforward state power <laughs> silencing yeah, someone yeah. without it, then yeah, obviously that's that's like that almost meets the legal definition of censorship. <laughs> That's fundamentally different from someone saying, hey, in this chat, we're not going to have transphobic slurs. Like if if you, yeah, yeah. if you can't hang with that, then there's lots of other streams you can go hang out in. Like, 
bye. You know, there's, it seems to me that that is not really a crisis for free speech. And I, and I, I, I'm with you. I don't really follow the arguments for why it would be. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I'm still getting my head around the <laughs> army and Navy. Like <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to link you an article. It's, it's blown. I'm going to look this up. I yeah. totally thought it had to be someone doing a satire when I first saw it. But yeah, yeah, but no, it's, it's, it seems to be them. Um, okay. I mean, but th- th- like, it's like, that is new, but the general contour that it's part of is not new, right? Like I was talking about immediately in the before time PAX East this year, the U S army had a booth, you know, where like they, they have esports teams and they, they try to use people's enjoyment of games as a recruitment tool. When I was in high school, huh. you know, and an army truck, I went to like an inner city high school. Um, and like, mm-hmm. you know, an, an army truck would drive up and have, uh, would, would have been, you know, PS twos at the time, Xboxes. I don't know. And okay. like, you know, just try to impress kids into joining the army. Like that shit is not new, but the idea that they're doing it in a very online way that there is something extra surreal yeah. about that. That's yeah, that's totally news to me. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to give you one more thing to worry about. In this, this strange, strange world we live in. Um, so when is, when is to, to drag, to drag us kicking and screaming back to party pack seven? <laughs> when is it out? Well, uh, it should be right around Halloween is what we're shooting for. Oh, uh, this is something we answer this a lot for people who like, Oh, what's the release date? And it's like, well, we'll submit soon like our finished product. And then that's always up to the consoles and sure, uh, sure. the people who then put our games out in the wild. You, this is maybe, this is something maybe a lot of people don't understand. You plan around submission date more than release date, but just that's consoles exactly right. working the way they do. Yeah. We have limited control over um, release date. So let's say we submit something comes back, then that starts us all over. That pushes our release date back. So, yeah. So, uh, but we shoot for, uh, Definitely before Thanksgiving. We want to be around for people to play during the holidays. We try to make it for Halloween, which is our goal. And uh, But if we miss that, it shouldn't be much much longer after Halloween. But always look for us starting early fall, um, as you can see in the party pack. Yeah, totally. That's It's become an annual tradition, and I love it. And it's it's great because it means it's in time for, well, in a normal year anyway, it's in time for you know family and friends to come over and stuff. Uh, yeah. Now it's probably way more in Zoom meetings, but fine. It'll still be fun. <laughs> um, I need to ask about one more thing, which is this clay yeah. aesthetic that Quiplash 3 has. Uh, can you say more about that, or is, or is it yeah, sort of I, just going to be self-evident once I see it? Uh, yeah, we can talk about um, – I think we can talk about anything in Quiplash 3 because um, it's – there's a – Achievement Hunter video out, so, so you people have seen the game, so it's, yeah. Um, the clay aesthetic, um, Kyle Fleischer, our artist, uh, early on was asking me if I had, like, an opinion about what we should do for an aesthetic, and I was like, well, not really. I, you know, it's, I kind of wanted to see what ideas we have for the game and then let, let that shape. And he was immediately like, I would like to do clay. <laughs> he just had it in his head immediately, and I was like, okay, if you can... I, I think I was more worried about, like, how much time it would take him to complete and mm. I was like, just uh, go give me some trial runs on it and see how it goes. And he just came back with all this amazing stuff in clay. And I was like, it's going to be your summer working on it. So if you think you can get it done, I think it looks amazing. And sure enough, he's just like killing it every step of the way. So that's amazing. So, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I'll, I'll link to that video because uh, it does like from what we've seen, it looks really, really cool. And it's it's kind of an interesting, like logical extension of the previous kind of uh, iconic, slightly flat look that the other Quiplashes had. Like it it, mm. it kind of honors the simplicity of that, but gives it like this cool swirly dimensionality. Um, yeah. And we and we started talking because we were trying to think of like reasons to like, why is it once he wanted to do clay like then and it, and it was feasible to do it. We started talking about like, OK, well, what? 
what do we need to talk about to inform someone like like what is it going to evoke when you look at it and we just kind of want to get like brain impulses and things like that so even though there's like swirling and stuff there should still be things that remind you of like a thought forming and stuff like that like that's kind of the, the kind of the underlying feel we went for with like clay so you will see like pulsing and things like that and the clips will join like a a common ball in the middle. So yeah. yeah it made intuitive sense to me because like the idea of quiplash is that the, the thought is malleable. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That seemed like the metaphor to me. Like it, it is clay. Yeah, the whole yeah, thing, yeah. the whole thing was always clay. It's that, it's that meme with the two astronauts, right? Oh wait, it's clay. It always was, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. metaphorically speaking. Yeah. Nice. So well, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Just, yeah, so just me then. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's definitely, it's just, with quiplash, the one thing we always described in the office was like, it should really be the first thing you think of uh, and put that in. And so mm-hmm. then, yeah, it should be something where it's just, it's, it's squishy. It's what it means to you. So, yeah, totally. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's awesome. Well, um, I will I will link to that video. I'll tell people where they can get the party packs. Um, anything else you want to plug or is uh, is are the, the, the extant party packs and the upcoming one the main thing? I think that's the big thing. Uh, I would plug my improv shows from 10 years ago. People could somehow get to go see those. And so. Well, our next guest has a time machine that they're going to plug. So oh, that's great, you know, great. <laughs> works out very well. Um, thank you so much for taking the time. Um, this oh, has been no, yeah. super entertaining for me. I hope it has been for you as well. Oh, this has been great. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. This is, this is a great. <laughs> thank you one more time. And oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. And that's the show. You can find all of what Jackbox does, including but not limited to the party packs, at jackboxgames.com. You can also watch the team stream, and by the nature of the games, play with them, at twitch.tv slash jackboxgames and youtube.com slash jackboxgames. The Everybody's Talking at Once podcast is hosted and produced by me, Drew Messenger Michaels, with cross-platform support from Francis Michelle Lopez and Lucio Valentino. Our logo is by Aaron Perry Zucker using icons from The Noun Project. You can find the show wherever podcasts are a thing. And if you're so inclined, you can support the show at patreon.com E-T-A-O. Huge thanks to our current patrons. Special thanks to the mysterious Ian K., Lucas Cosin, and Carlos de los Santos. And an extra specialist thanks to our latest $5 patron, Darth Raptora. I'll see you next time. In the meantime, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, find everything we do at etao.blog and etaopod.com.